0: Good morning, good evening, hello, wherever you are in the world. It is Friday, the 11th of November 2016, and we'll see how long we can go in this episode without mentioning um, Donald Trump. <laughs> so, um, let's uh, welcome to the podcast, the It's a Monkey podcast, where we talk about everything technology, startups, tech political economy um and we've got a great show lined up for you today we're going to be talking to robert hackett who is a journalist at fortune magazine in new york and we talked to him about a brand new cryptocurrency released called zcash uh, a couple of weeks ago we chatted to timothy lee about his uh, blockchain book and we spoke all about the blockchain and uh, we chatted to robert about um a new type of cryptocurrency called Zcash or Zcash or zero cash, all the same thing that launched a, a couple of weeks ago. And um, we also had a quick chat to him about the um, we spoke to him just after it was announced that uh, Donald Trump got in. So we spoke to him a little bit about the the lay of the land. Um, we also got startup minutes Um, that we'll play shortly. Startup Minute is a new segment on our podcast where if you're a startup or even if you work for a startup or even if you're just listening to the show, you want to send through 45 seconds to 60 seconds about um, your company or the company you work with or the organization you work with, um, drop us an audio file and we'll play it and we'll also link to you in the show notes. And we all know that links are valuable um, from other sites. So please email us at podcast. To monkey.com, if you'd like to send through a startup minute. Uh, this week's startup minute is from David Einstein, who works for Orange Line, which is um, a, a uh, SEO, SEM, and um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a company in Sydney. So uh, let's go to their startup minute.
1: Hi, it's David Einstein from Orange Line here. We're a digital marketing, performance marketing company that works with Expedia, Boop at Bay across the world. I just wanted to drop you guys a line and say, I love the podcast. I get so much out of our team, listen to it on a regular basis, get a lot of really useful stuff, and just give you guys a, a big thank you for keeping the good work going and, and keeping us interested and in alive. So, thanks, guys. Right. Keep up the good work.
0: So, that was David Einstein of Orange Line here in Sydney, but I do believe they have clients all over the world. So, uh, give them some love. And if you do contact them, just tell them you heard about them on the It's a Monkey podcast. So, as usual, uh, my co-host is Kate Frappel, double P, double L. Um, thanks for nothing for, from all you listeners for not following her on Twitter. Have you been getting any <laughs> new Twitter followers? I've been following your account.
1: Oh, I think a few, but probably not the masses. Not the masses. <laughs> <laughs> not Twitter famous yet.
0: Well, welcome again to the podcast, Kate. Kate is the senior design lead. Not the senior designer. The designer. I've no. just given you a promotion.
1: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 it's been a long week, Kate, for oh. us all. My mind is just, um, you know, a bit rough around there. Just. Um, do I get week. my own office now? Do you really want your own office? I don't know if you want your own office. Yes. Do you? I do. <laughs> do you? It's actually <laughs> this ongoing debate in the startup world, the open plan versus the non-open plan. Mm-hmm. Um, what's What are your thoughts around um, wanting your own office?
1: Oh, I think it's... Potentially a little bit more productive. Uh, the only downside would be the, the lack of easy communication with other team members.
0: The tapping on your shoulder. Yes. Yeah.
1: I don't mind that. I like the I like the quick communication. Um, but if you're trying to get into the zone, especially if I'm working on UI projects, it'd be cool to have your own space. Yeah.
0: I think um, what I've tried to do is create a variety of spaces. We've got the couch area, which two of the team members seem to have settled in permanently yeah <laughs> they
1: really like it there yeah they
0: really like it there and then the desks and even the sta- the, the the treadmill desk with none of which none of us use but um um yeah i mean as we as we hopefully grow we can have more diverse spaces and i do think for people to have a, a closed office if they want to a nice quiet closed office mm. maybe not one. even
1: an individual office but the option
0: the option, yes. Yeah,
1: the option to go to quiet spaces and loud spaces.
0: You do have quiet spaces here, but the problem is your setup is in the open plan area. So, yes. So, you almost yeah. need two setups or you almost need two workspaces.
1: Almost. I mean, our office isn't really that rowdy or loud. Yeah. So, it's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. You just, you just, i'm just dreaming yeah that's okay well (laughs) sorry you're not seeing a design lead yet but design lead kate propel she's the co-host of the show um so as mentioned we're going to be chatting to um, a journalist from fortune magazine in a little while um robert hackett but as usual we're going to kick off the show uh with a couple of news items kate what do we have in the news this week in the tech news
1: tech news this week uh first of all g google have redesigned gmail for iphone the app. Uh, Not too many, I guess, tech improvements, but they've definitely changed the UI um, and brought in uh, the option to undo the sends.
0: So I checked my Android app. It hasn't been updated. So I don't know if this is an iPhone only update.
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I spoke to Jo and she thinks that the update was already on Android.
0: Mm, No, I, I I couldn't find the undo send. Uh, may stand to be corrected.
1: Apparently, it slides up from the bottom.
0: It slides up from the bottom. Okay, I'm firing up. I'm sending you an email now. And um, I'll see if I can undo this. No, just sending. it sending immediately. So, mine... They may strangely might have updated Apple first. Anyway, that undo send, undo send's been a, a labs feature for a while in Google Google Labs. Yeah, I mean but they've it's had it on the an,
1: desktop version, but uh, they've only just recently brought it to the app.
0: Right. Um, has it been officially on the desktop version? I know it was a labs feature for many years.
1: I think. I mean, I've never used it, but okay. apparently it is on on yeah. Gmail.
0: I've, I used it for quite a few years. I was always part of their experimental labs. Um, another feature which I've always wanted on Gmail is uh, scheduling sends as mm, well. Okay. Out- Outlook used to have that, and maybe they still do, which was great. There are third-party plugins that you can use. Um, but that's, mm. you know, sometimes if I'm working late at night and I want to send the team a message, um, I don't I don't feel like I don't want to send the wrong message and make them feel bad that they're not working at 10 at night. And I just, sometimes it's just, better to sort of coordinate times you oh, know okay um so there are third-party plugins but i haven't bothered to to getting them anyway we do we um digress apple um new sorry an iphone new version of the gmail um so send pull back the send that gives you probably what 10 seconds
1: not sure but uh, yeah only a brief a brief time to recover
0: which is which is usually just what you need it's the holy and, yeah. yeah and it's just like <laughs> Yeah,
1: Yeah. Panic stations, oh, I'm good now.
0: Yeah. And um, (laughs) what else have they improved in the iPhone Gmail app?
1: They have apparently, it's been a a wanted feature for a long time. They swipe uh, left and right to delete and archive emails. Right. Yeah. So apparently lots of other email apps have been doing it. Can't say I've noticed. Right. But uh, yeah, Gmail weren't doing it and now they are.
0: I logged into Hotmail the other day. I mean, I don't think they've used the word Hotmail for ages. I think it's called Outlook Online or something. No, almost. I still have a Hotmail address. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us do. And um, the the interface was pretty good. Interface okay. is really good. There's one thing which they fell down on compared to Gmail. I'll just try to see if it, if it sort of still happens. That if you hit the back button on Hotmail… Mm. Uh, or what do they call it they call it outlook live or something if you hit the back button um it breaks
1: oh
0: um whereas in gmail if you hit the back button it doesn't break
1: yeah that's one thing i really like about gmail is uh like i can write up a an email leave that tab or close that tab and when i come back it's automatically saved as a draft
0: yeah, exactly. They, they're quite intuitive. Like here, this back button isn't working. It's actually just I've clicked into an email on Hotmail. I've hit the back button and nothing's happening. So mm. they've really overlooked that. And that's quite important because um, you need to be able to navigate through backs and forwards yeah. um, quite easily, especially in something like email where, you, where if, you, if you're expecting people to sit on it the whole day, it's just got to be really tight. Um,
1: There's nothing worse than composing a, a super long email, accidentally leaving, and then having to start again.
0: Yeah, although they are, I mean, the, the, their UI is starting to look. Their web version, at least, is starting to look a little bit dated. I do feel like they need a refresh on Gmail. Oh, Gmail, definitely. Gmail, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, it's very, very functional, but it, it just needs, and it needs, it, 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 it doesn't have like that Slack um elegance polish polish. Uh, you
1: could say the same for their calendar as well
0: yeah calendar though i mean how pretty you know how how polished can a calendar be
1: no you'd be surprised really yeah
0: okay well we'll see what happens
1: apparently they've updated the calendar app as well
0: i saw saw that yeah okay that's so if you're an iphone user and a gmail user you've got a nice update coming your way um what else is uh, in the news we're going to talk about this week
1: so Chief Security Officer Alex Santos at Facebook uh, has mentioned at a recent conference that they are buying passwords from hackers and cross-referencing them uh, with encrypted passwords used on Facebook.
0: I saw this when you sent me this article and it's, it's quite interesting. Um, Um, So this conference is happening in Lisbon at the moment. It's quite a big web conference where some of the heavyweights go to. And um, Alex Stamos, who's ex-Yahoo, and he's now Facebook head of uh, safety, gave a talk. And I actually chatted with our DevOps um, engineer here Sonia um, a bit about this and she says what 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 happens is you can buy these passwords they're called password dictionaries Okay, and you can buy these password dictionaries and they list frequently used passwords and companies then like Facebook can see passwords that aren't obviously unsafe mm. but have been used in hacked accounts before um, and then through a variety of means people that have used these passwords on their facebook accounts they can they can push a note to them to say your passwords are not as secure as it's as it should be mm. please update it etc so this article which we'll put to in the show notes um it's quite interesting because it's it, it just shows you how difficult this job of keeping their accounts um secure is especially based just on um, logins and passwords and um, I mean it's a little bit ethically con- um, gray to buy passwords from hackers because hackers mm. often organize criminals or you know, sure. sometimes, you know, unfriendly nations and all sorts of things. So to actually be feeding them money is a bit ethically very tricky. I'm quite surprised that he actually went public with this mm. um, because it could even be argued that it's it's sort of illegal. It's sort of aiding, you know, you're buying the proceeds of crime. It's like buying a stolen bicycle from someone.
1: To a degree, yeah. But at the same time, their argument is that they are... Um I guess, helping the people who don't help themselves. So they have methods like uh, two-factor auth um, that they are available, but a lot of users won't opt into that, so they need to protect them.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. It's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, discussion. But um, yeah, uh, he also comments that um, the company also applies machine learning to the way that um, your activity on Facebook so that if if something looks like it's not you they lock you out of uh your account but Mm. one the one thing they're also looking at doing is um potentially allowing your friends to reset your account yeah getting them to verify yeah which i thought was quite interesting which sort of makes
1: sense right it's an interesting idea uh it's how much you trust your facebook friends And the security of their account.
0: Exactly. You can picture hackers just doing a hack attack or something, and you know. Definitely. I mean, I recently
1: read an article about the the top 50 passwords people use. Um, And the number
0: one is password, right?
1: (laughs) No, number two is password. Number one. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. (laughs) That's number one.
0: I think Mark Zuckerberg got caught on uh, his Twitter account or something, you know, having something like that, one, two, three, four,
1: five, six. Six, Yeah. Um, Another really popular one that I actually don't know why I never realized it, but is QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, because it's all in one straight line on the keyboard.
0: I, I, many years ago, did some consulting um once of consulting for a very successful property developer in Sydney that had built up a multi-million-dollar property portfolio, and he couldn't use a computer. Oh. And his family dragged me in to teach him how to use a spreadsheet, to teach him how to use email. And um, firstly, when this this chap saw um, a spreadsheet and how I could put a formula and change some numbers, it was like he was it was like <laughs> he was seeing God. It was just <laughs> he just shook his head, stared at it, and he went that is incredible. <laughs> you know, and um, this guy was doing it all by hand. Wow. You know, and he owned some of the big, you know, multi-million dollar buildings in the city. Anyway, I was setting up some services on his and, um, and I said, you know, we've got to think of a password, something that's difficult for others but easy for you. And he just paused and he looked at me and he uh, just used it. And he said, Kevin, how about, and he just used an expletive. <laughs> <you know. laughs> And I just laughed. I said, mm, "How about and I made a combination of his name and you know." So people just they don't realize the importance of passwords. But um, mm. this this chief of uh, security at Facebook says the reuse of passwords is the number one cause of harm on the internet. So people just you know using the same simple passwords everywhere. And he also says usernames and passwords are an idea that came out of the 1970s mainframe architectures. They were not built for 2016.
1: that's an interesting thought in itself you know if we remove the idea of a password what other security measures can we implement
0: well i suppose there's biometrics um Mm. but then you need you know um eye scanners and and fingerprint readers yeah and they'd have
1: to be installed into everything
0: do you use two-factor auth on your facebook
1: no i don't i should yeah i I know i should
0: I also don't use two-factor auth on my Facebook.
1: No. I, to be honest, they've never until today. I didn't even know I,
0: that it was available. Yeah, I also didn't know it was available on um, Facebook. It's more generally mm. more of an enterprise sort of feature. Mm. I, I didn't know. Um, I'm going to quickly log into my Facebook account and see if it's it's available. Um, yeah,
1: they definitely haven't pushed it.
0: Yeah, I think it's the type of feature that's you know got the potential to lock people out and you know. Uh, mm.
1: Could be tricky. Could be tricky. I mean, and if you're like me, you start forgetting passwords.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're not using a password, if you're listening to the show and you're not using a password manager, I think some people don't realize they exist, Mm. right? So uh, things like OnePass, LastPass, there's all sorts of password managers. Um, Yeah, LastPass has changed my life. Yeah. they, they, (laughs) they, they, They... you know, you don't have to remember passwords, it generates difficult passwords. You can, um, you know, do all sorts of uh, great management with one pass and last pass, and, and you don't have to write them down or remember them. So definitely use a password manager. Mm. Uh, I, I really recommend that. I'm um, just having a quick look if I can see on Facebook if where I can see login alerts, login approvals, code generate app pass with public key, your trusted contacts, recognized devices where mm-hmm. legacy content deactivates your account. Um, login approvals. Use your phone as an extra layer of security to keep other people from logging into your account. It must be that. So they don't, I don't think they call it two-factor auth. Oh, um, perhaps they're, they're looking call at it, implementing
1: it. They I call, swear they mentioned it in the article we were looking at.
0: They, they call it login approvals. Login approvals is an extra load of security that uses your phone to protect your account. How it works. When logging in from an unknown browser, you'll need a login code. You can only get a login code from your phone. By entering the code, you can provide that. It's really you trying to log in. So that's it. Uh, right.
1: It's a similar idea, though.
0: So that's, I mean, it's just different wording, but that's two-factor Yeah, it's basically the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, make sure that, I mean, if you've got a bad password, there's a high, on any service you use, there's a very high likelihood that you will get hacked. Mm. So, um, you know, use, use that combination of uppercase lowercase combine your dog's name with your mother's birthday with you know
1: <laughs> even that's probably getting dangerous
0: <laughs> yeah it's look it's a very it's it's a very imperfect system but all security is i mean even physical security we still re- reliant on keys that are that are a relic of the middle ages literally that's true you know so not
1: you're gonna run my dad out of business <laughs> yeah, Kate,
0: Kate, kate's father does all the security um at our very very big uh, 15 person office <laughs> no no there's always going to be keys for a long time anyway that's uh, facebook we'll put the and um and we'll put that link to the story in the show notes please check out the show notes on it's a monkey dot com And I'm going to make one request to our listeners, Kate, as well. What's that? And that is um, we've had some um, iTunes reviews come through, which have been great, Mm. and that really helps us. It will literally take you 13 seconds. don't know why 13 popped into my head, but um, (laughs) if you go to iTunes and search for It's a Monkey or you follow the link on our site and you just pop in some... um, positive reviews uh, that helps with discovery that helps with others finding the show and we would really appreciate it so um you just pop on over to itunes so if you are a long time listener of this show and we do get a couple of thousand people listening to the show so they, they numbers are growing the numbers are growing and uh, they can't all be my uh, my family although <laughs> i have a <laughs> got a small family so.
1: <laughs> i might have a few family members in there yeah give them a shout out
0: so um please send a review and uh tweet us we love we love hearing from you and if you want to be a guest on the show um email us if uh, the, the podcast minutes follow us on twitter follow us on facebook and we're trying to do this to once a, once a week as well so we try to move this which is a it's a lot of effort on our behalf and we do it half because uh, we want to raise the profile of um, manage flitter and we do it half because we enjoy it and we like meeting interesting people and contributing to the industry as well so um yeah we'd we'd love to hear from you um we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with the interview with uh, robert hackett who is a fortune Uh, magazine editor and we're going to be talking to him about the new cryptocurrency as well as um, what's happening in New York after Trump was elected um, the next United States president. So stick around with us.
2: Hi, my name is Dave Zarati and I'm the customer support specialist here at ManageFlitter. ManageFlitter is a tool that helps you work faster and smarter on Twitter. With ManageFlitter, you can clean up and grow your Twitter account. You will also get access to useful Twitter analytics, social content scheduling, and much more. Go to manageflitter.com and start your free trial today.
0: You're back with It's A Monkey podcast uh, from Sydney, Australia, where we talk about everything relating to tech, tech economy, startups, entrepreneurship, uh, you name it um and um, of course it's been a really big week for the world and i had planned to uh, chat about Zcash, which is a new cryptocurrency that i saw covered in a a regular newsletter i get from fortune magazine and i'm happy to say uh, from fortune magazine at the end of my skype line i have robert hackett who's the editor of S- a cyber saturday robert thank you very much for joining us on the podcast
2: Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Um,
0: Now, you happen to be based in uh, the the center of the world or the universe, New York City. And before we get into the CyberCash, ZCash discussion, um, it's the day after the the, the big election. What's the mood on the streets in general?
2: So, I mean, I guess it depends on who who you were hoping would land in the office. But um, I'd say surprise is a big factor. Uh And... uh, the skies are a bit overcast over here, which uh, perhaps that's perhaps that's telling.
0: And you and you obviously working at Fortune Magazine and and across um, you know tech. Um, What's the general mood or the thoughts um, on tech, um, you know, attitude to Trump coming in? Bearing in mind Silicon Valley generally is huge sort of, uh, you know, support of the Democrats. Although Peter Thiel, one of the first found uh, investors in Facebook, controversially was a big backer of Trump. Any thoughts on uh, how tech's going to digest all of this?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody is obviously very surprised. I mean, it's no secret in the tech community that uh, their Trump supporters there in Silicon Valley were few and far between. Uh, Like you mentioned, Peter Thiel, uh, co-founder of PayPal, uh, is one of the very few uh, outspoken uh, Trump supporters. So um, I think everybody's just kind of waiting to see how this shakes out. Uh, You know, I think you saw the markets may have taken a bit of a tumble in the the futures markets, um, but they've sort of restored their... Um, you know their value since then. I think everybody's just kind of waiting to see what happens.
0: If you're someone that uh, likes to ride volatility and an arbitrage or something it must be it must be a it must be a really um fantastic day for them. I know Obama when he came in in two thousand and eight, um the market was down nearly six percent, I think the day after
2: mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I mean, a lot of people have compared this to uh, to what happened over in the u k with brexit. Um, and so, I think we're we're seeing some similar reactions in the market we'll um, to the kind of anti-globalist perspective.
0: And I see California, which, of course, where Silicon Valley is based, it's the eighth biggest economy in the world. So huge, huge engine room of of the U.S. and the world. And there's uh, talk. I've got a lot of Californian friends on my Facebook feed, and uh, yeah, wow, it's um, they they're really struggling to digest this, and uh, even talks of seceding and I think, I believe there 's even one one tech um, investor that 's actually got a campaign to to secede, so uh, all sorts yeah, of interesting of Hyper- things Hyper- happening so
2: yeah co founder of hyperloop one has been uh, has been calling for a secession of California to become its own nation, um, but we 'll see how far that goes
0: could always give it back to mexico i guess yeah that 's true <laughs> anyway let's let 's uh, move away from the politics let 's talk about uh, Z cash so Of course, uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we spoke with Timothy Lee, he's a a blockchain evangelist. And we spoke uh, quite in detail about the blockchain and how that's the underpinning technology that uh, a lot of different technologies can be built. And of course, Bitcoin was the original um, cryptocurrency that was built on um, the blockchain. But uh, Bitcoin's uh, has a lot of flaws, and, and there've been a lot of people that have, have wanted to come up with Bitcoin version 2.0. And in your newsletter recently, um, you you covered Zcash, which is launching. Tell us a little bit about Zcash. Um, what issues it's trying to address? How is it different? And and where it fits into the scheme of things?
2: Sure. So uh, so you call Zcash. Uh, we call Zcash. Zcash over here. <laughs> and um, also, it's uh, that's short for zero cash. Um, and basically, you know if to get an idea of this, there cryptocurrencies, there are a bunch of cryptocurrencies out there. There are hundreds of these sorts of alternate Bitcoin sort of uh, uh, knockoffs. Um and mostly people use them as speculative vehicles uh, to pump and dump. Um, not many of them have had lasting or staying power, although a few have kind of risen above the uh, the morass. Um, Wait, which some- are
0: those which are those few, Robert?
2: Sure, so uh, there is Ether, which is a, uh, I I believe it's still the uh, biggest competitor to Bitcoin, or at least it's rivaling it in terms of uh, value. Last I checked, it was about one-tenth the value of Bitcoin, but uh, the price of Bitcoin did go up uh, over last night's news. So, um, but yeah, so you've got Ether. There's also another cryptocurrency called Monero. Um, There's one called Ripple. Uh, uh, So there are a couple of these. Um, but Zcash is the most recent one, uh, and I'm happy to go into some of what makes Zcash different. Please do, yeah. Yeah, so Zcash, uh, the interesting thing about it is, you know, this is not just any kind of derivative of Bitcoin. This is actually something different. Um, you've got top cryptographers working on this, uh, this protocol And what they've done is they've added bleeding-edge cryptography into it. uh, All new sort of cutting-edge mathematics um, to imbue it with more privacy and more anonymity uh, than what Bitcoin offers.
0: Because Bitcoin offers pseudo-anonymity, right?
2: Right. So a lot of people have said, you know, Bitcoin allows anonymous transactions. It's great for money laundering and, you know, underground marketplaces. Um, but actually, it's not anonymity. Like you said, it's pseudonymity, um, which means you can create an alter ego or alias and then use Bitcoin with that. Um, however, all of the details around your transactions are still publicly accessible. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the blockchain as being a distributed ledger. And, uh, you know, to its credit, it allows this visibility into the list of transactions. So you can verify that everything is correct and and good and proper, on that ledger, Um, but also, all of a sudden, now you have all of your financial transactions out in broad daylight.
0: So, Zcash uh, was built from the ground up. I mean, it seems, firstly, their team seems to be incredibly impressive. Definitely, um, there's a bunch of uh, really um, deep technologists in it, and why, and and they, so one of the issues that they address is um, genuine anonymity, correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and like you said, uh, the team behind it, uh, the the guy who's spearheading it, Zuko Wilcox is his name, um, and I mean this guy has been around the in cryptocurrency circles for a while. He he worked in the '90s on a thing called DigiCash, which is I basically the that. grandfather yeah. yep. of all of these uh, these new currencies, and he worked with David Chaum, who's sort of like a, a patron saint of of digital currencies.
0: So, this has just recently been launched. Am I correct? Officially. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's only been out for a few weeks now.
0: And what's been the uptake in terms of third-party integrations, wallets, any other services using it? Um, I know it's very, very early days, but anything exciting happening already?
2: It is. It's very early days. Um, you know, I think at this point, mostly what you're going to see is uh, a few exchanges and, uh, and brokerages listing Zcash uh, so that you can buy and sell and trade it. Um, but as far as uh, further sorts of apps and whatever you might want to build on top of it, I think it's too early to uh, to say that there have been a there's been anything launched, uh, you know, with regard to that.
0: The person in the street, someone someone listening to this podcast, that's not a a um, you know speculator, that's not a cryptocurrency tech head. Uh, maybe it's just a, a founder of a small company or or, or an employee somewhere. I mean. Cryptocurrency, how how is it going to impact their life? I mean, it's still it's been floating around for quite a while. Um, what's the promise of something like Zcash to, to to affect the daily lives positively of just the person in the street?
2: Yeah, so um, you know that's a good question because we've got uh, fiat currency over here in in most uh, most governments and most nations. And that tends to work just fine if you're a part of a uh, system, you know, like the U.S. People tend to have a lot of faith in uh, in U.S. dollars, um, and that goes for a bunch of other places uh, across the globe. However, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, people who don't have access to uh, the same kind of uh, financial system, the same kind of faith in uh, in their governance and, and infrastructure, um, and for them, cryptocurrency could actually become uh, you know quite important um, because all of a sudden you have a an ability to transfer value that is independent of um, You know the sort of a ruling class or, or a third party or anything like that it, it puts the power back into the hands of the people um, uh, So yeah, there there is that angle
0: so The Zcash is actually built on a separate blockchain to the Bitcoin blockchain, right?
2: That's right. Yeah, it is Um, I believe it's forked from Bitcoin. So a a lot of the code is derived from Bitcoin. However, it is a totally separate blockchain. It's its own universe,
0: right? And 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 there's sort of a current the current uh, sorry exchanges already support this. So you can you can already buy Zcash or even mine Zcash yourself? You can yes. Have you have you bought or mined any?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, As much as I would like to um, just because I, I find this whole world very interesting. Um, I tend to stay out of it, uh, you know, us journalists, we're not encouraged to take speculative positions or um, right. <laughs> investments in things that we cover. So, uh, no, I'm uh, afraid to say I don't. So I'm just looking
0: at their site, their FAQ here. What are you changing from Bitcoin's design? and Which parts of Bitcoin's network? remain. So they say we're following a general principle of conservative innovation. Aside from the zero cash privacy protocol, we wish to avoid making changes to Bitcoin's design without a strong rationale. We've decided to make a number of relatively conservative changes to Bitcoin's consensus rules. Um, Increasing block size. um, um, Yeah, a few other we've removed activation rules for soft forks i mean all of this is pretty technical i think i think what of the the challenge with cyber currency and blockchain and bitcoin is it's it's actually quite a uh, quite a complex technology to sort of get your head around if you're not immersed in it day in and day out
2: yes absolutely
0: um, they talk about um, how does Zcash compare to other cryptocurrencies with anonymizing properties. They do make the point that they realize that, that um, the improved privacy could help the good guys and the bad guys, but they make the point that uh, so does uh, any other technology as well.
2: Right. So a good way to think about it is um, really what, what the team has applied here is this thing called zero-knowledge proofs, um, which uh, are often called or referred to as ZK snarks. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, you know this is really cutting-edge cryptography. Um, it's really at the forefront of, of what people are doing in that field right now. And the whole idea is to allow for selective transparency. So you can choose to reveal you know, your identity or your pseudonym on the blockchain. You can choose to reveal who you're sending uh, a, a Zcash token to um, or the amount or sum of that transaction. Um, but one of the things that you know, in, uh, so far remains in the open is the timestamp. So people will see when that transaction occurred. But it allows everybody to reach a consensus and a conclusion and, and verify and validate that all of these transactions are uh, are what they say they are.
0: Are they uh, based in New York or the Valley or a distributed team? Do you know much about them?
2: Yeah, they've actually got a team out in Brooklyn, I believe. Mm, okay. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: like- I noticed when I was spent some time in New York last year that there's definitely a lot of blockchain activity um, going on in New York. Um, it it's definitely seems to be one of the areas of tech that, I suppose, coming from the finance sector and banking, there's there's quite a strong impetus to get involved with the the new technologies around um, the finance area.
2: There is. You'll there are these sort of central hubs. Uh, you know that are big into different parts of the cryptocurrency or blockchain ecosystem so you know obviously out in silicon valley you've got a lot of startups who are interested in the technology in new york you've got the finance world um, interested in blockchain Um, uh, and then you know elsewhere across the globe you've got interesting uh, groups working on stuff in india and mining operations in china Um, so yeah these these places have, have bubbled up do you guys ever hear of
0: Australian startups? I mean, when I'm in New York, I always have the feeling that Australia is, uh, you guys hear about Mars and the, the Mars rover more than you do about Australia. Do, do, do Australian startups sort of ever feature in, in the the tech scene and the discussions in New York?
2: Um, I'm sure they do, but uh, <laughs> I think there might be a bias toward, uh, toward more local organizations. So if you have ones that should be on my radar, hey, let me know.
0: Well there's um I mean there's quite a lot of interest in blockchain technology here and um there were a bunch of young guys in Melbourne that actually had a, a Bitcoin arbitrage fund that was um producing insane returns uh, which wow. was quite which was quite interesting which was fun to watch um so uh, yeah we, we we've definitely got a lot of activity down here but it's a I know it's a long way and time zones are just so opposite that uh, we have very <laughs> very little crossover Robert Hackett, editor of Cyber Saturday at Fortune Magazine, journalist at Fortune Magazine. Really appreciate um, chatting to you. Your newsletter, does it come out every Saturday? That's right, yeah. Cool. So we're going to put it on the show notes if you like to follow everything around um, Bitcoin, blockchain, Zcash, Zcash, um, um, follow um, Robert's newsletter and... Um, yeah, good luck. Good luck with all the changes in the U.S. Uh, no doubt, as always, life keeps on keeps on moving on. That's right, it does. Thanks so much for having me on, Kevin. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
2: Bye. The It's a Monkey podcast is brought to you by Checkdog. Use Checkdog to easily review and monitor your website for spelling errors, broken links, and broken images, all with the push of one button. CheckDog can also automatically monitor your website and notify you of newly introduced spelling errors. Go to CheckDog.com forward slash podcast to receive 50% off your first month subscription. CheckDog.com, helping the world's leading websites keep their content error-free.
0: Well, it was quite um, fortuitous that we had an interview set up with someone in New York the day after um, this election happened
1: yeah my facebook went crazy yesterday
0: do you have a lot of americans on your facebook account
1: i have a few from my travels
0: i've got a lot of californians and a lot of new yorkers my californian friends were melting down
1: oh no <laughs>
0: literally, <laughs> literally melting down it's um you know and um look time will tell we'll see politics is a very a yeah. very it's it's a very convert a very convoluted game and um uh you know the one thing i do know in life is panic is the worst enemy um so you know we all just got to keep on keeping on and um if you have objections with what's happening in the world just put out something better that you don't object with you know but um yeah that's all there have been protests in new york um, someone my one friend's been live uh, live streaming on facebook live And she's been very, very vocal about that. There have been protests in the Mission District of San Francisco, which is sort of ground zero for the startup scene in san francisco i mean mm. uh, twitter's first offices were in the mission district um i think uber is still there it's san francisco is really small so they all um they all very close to each other mm. there and um you know the san francisco people are, are are very very upset um interestingly um peter Thiel was the the only um silicon valley high profile person that supported trump and he was the first financial investor in Facebook. Oh, Uh, wow. Put $500,000 into Facebook. He's ex-PayPal, he's part of the PayPal mafia. Um, Elon Musk, Reid Hoffman. So Elon Musk, of course, people know about. Reid Hoffman's LinkedIn. and, um, of course, Peter Thiel, who's Facebook and now Palantir as well, um, he's, yeah, he's he's obviously saw something. And he, he's always quite outspoken and co- contrarian, mm-hmm. Peter Thiel, but he copped a lot of flack in Silicon Valley for um, donating to Trump and being, you know, uh, positively pro-Trump. The rest mm-hmm. of Silicon Valley is really, um, you know very um you know very of the the democratic persuasion as is most of california
1: yeah so i don't claim to know much at all about american politics um so what's the main reason i guess that silicon valley is anti-trump
0: well i think i think in this case in this you you know a lot of they um and we're both getting into political territory <laughs> Deep <just> waters. So, <laughs> I'm like oh yeah this is going um, yeah, to
1: potentially exporting
0: no well I mean there's the whole business side of things and, and uh, you know but it's more I, I think I think Trump a lot of the people you know San Francisco is such an inclusive community. Mm. it's such a tolerant community. it's such a, a migrant friendly community. it's such a LGBT friendly community and I think I think that animosity towards those communities from Trump that even just as a starting point, yeah. you know they just be, be, before you get to the economic policies and everything else um, you mm. know had problems with that. Um, in terms of the rest of the policies, yeah I, you know it just seemed like like um, um, a step back yeah you know, just a step back to um, you know times gone by where we're sort of a certain demographic of, of, of privileged white men would would dominate and rule and you know thought of with Obama that we've we've broken through to something else and and people are worried that it, it might be a step back if he. You know, wants to get rid of Obamacare and uh, things like that, which mm. you, you know. But again, this is a tricky area, yeah. which should be for one of our other
1: yes <laughs>
0: other podcasts. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, cryptocurrency. So, cryptocurrency is frustrating because it's complicated, right? I still Very. find <laughs> I still find it complicated. But I was thinking about this earlier, and I think you know, cryptocurrency is the type of technology I think that. Um, People will just one day experience the benefits when it comes together.
1: I feel that way at the moment. You know, I've been reading up a little bit about it. Uh, A lot of it still goes straight over my head. But uh, perhaps it's a matter of trying and experiencing it and potentially mining different bitcoins to fully understand what the process is
0: well the zcash seems to be um you know i mean jackson palmer who we had in uh, on our last show if you missed it jackson spoke about the new mac so by the way he sent me a message about his mac uh, what was that that um he returned it so the, on the last week's podcast jackson palmer who's the founder one of the co-founders of dogecoin which is a cryptocurrency that became famous on reddit for using tips on reddit and um and uh, we review, he gave a review of the MacBooks, and, he, and it was quite pro- positive, critical but positive. Mm. Um, his Mac had a funny sound when he would physically move it, almost like there was a loose piece inside. Oh. That apparently is a known issue. Um, and he returned it, got his money back, and said to me, I might have to go Windows. So <laughs> No.
1: <laughs> really? So, can he take it back and get a replacement?
0: Well, apparently it's a known issue with oh. it. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Um, interesting but, mm, yeah so he sent me sent me the note gave me that update um, but um, yeah Jackson Palmer said about cryptocurrencies he's, he's worried that and we've sort of missed the boats in, in mass user adoption it, it became mm-hmm. you know Bitcoin became popular a few years ago it had a few problems and and, beca- and was complicated and, and the promise was there but didn't deliver on it and now it's sort of the, the window has passed so something like Zcash where they've they've looked at Bitcoin and the problems and reinvented it do mm-hmm. um, you know are they still going to be able to um, you know get mass adoption and, or, and and get people to build on it etc it, it waits to to be seen there's a lot of problems in society where there's still a lot of friction right so where it's anything that involves the middleman, the middle person there's a lot of friction and there's still a promise there to have blockchain technologies and cryptocurrency technologies removing the friction around that and um getting you know rem- getting rid of 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 these middle middle people that act as as trust as we spoke about mm-hmm. in the blockchain yeah. um, interview um so Zcash seems to be a really smart bunch of people. Uh, may mm. get them on in a few episodes, and you know maybe we can th- be good. thrash out these issues and, and really drill down into them because this these technologies still haven't trickled down to no, anyone so other every than day. other than enthusiasts, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But um, you know, people like you know the amount of remittances, i.e., people that work in one country and send it back home. In the world is huge, right? You've got, mm. for example, in America, uh, people from Mexico, people from the Philippines sending money back home is absolutely massive. And for well, them… It's
1: still quite popular here in Australia too. In
0: Australia as well, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Thai, China, you know, India. India, yeah. You add up those commissions every year right mm. be staggering it's lots of money so even if they would solve even an, an issue like remittances mm. and make that frictionless um, the collective savings would be would be huge enormous yeah so um, that's Zcash um, I, th- I think um, I think we should stick to cryptocurrency and not um, politics.
1: Yes, <laughs> probably po- a better idea.
0: Politics is a rabbit hole with no rights, no wrongs, Thanks. and uh, very motive topics.
1: Yes, very opinion based.
0: Very opinion based, and um, yeah, you know. But uh, in interesting times, and um, you know, I grew up in South Africa where politics um, went went changed a lot from from a you know, an undemocratic regime where people were scared of talking about Mandela and the ANC right through to a democratic regime and it was interesting to see and, um, you know, one thing you learn, you sort of adapt. You actually adapt to the times. You know, you have no choice. You have to. You have to adapt. you want to survive. Anyway, that's uh, episode 66. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be chatting to... Who do we have next week? We've got a ton of great interviews over the next little while. We're going to be chatting to... um, Danielle, Danielle, I think we'll, is going to be the week after.
1: Okay, Roy.
0: Roy from the Sesame app. Um, that, yes. That that helps people. Um, I'll just double check so I don't don't get the name of the sesame enable that helps correct yeah we'll chat to him about the fantastic technology they developed for people who can't use their hands or are disabled to use mobile phones yeah, that's super uh, interesting one of my favorite interviews one of my favorite technologies it's just i love it when technology really empowers people that are Mm. are are, are very unempowered you know things like same like cochlear implants and things like that it's just when it just it just shifts their world so dramatically Um,
1: huge benefits
0: so that's the interview next week so i'm really looking uh forward to that and having having um um, the chat with Roy in the meantime please tweet us please email us we love to hear from you uh, my name is Kevin Garber I'm the CEO of Manage Flitter and I've uh, been uh, with my co-host Kate Frappel, who's the design leader at Manage Flitter and we will chat to you next week